Welcome to the market moment, guys. We a uh, couple Arkansas wins this weekend. Football yeah. won on Saturday. Basketball won last night. Typical fashion. We win at Florida for the first time ever. Ever, right? Yeah. And we lost already games this year that we should have won. And so I wish they'd have just saved this victory for like years from now. We when were it, actually really good when it mattered. And we needed to win that game yeah. on the road at Florida. But yeah. and nonetheless, you could tell they were loose after the after getting rid of that. Enos. Enos. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was the. I mean, one of the keys. Yeah, maybe it was fun, but it didn't matter at all because we're three and six. So right. it we could win out though. Winning out. Yeah, Go to a bowl out. game. Yeah. Hey, basketball team looked good last night. It's, it's it is um, contrary to what people think. Christmas maybe not be the favorite time of the year. It's two basketball games and a football game each week for the next two weeks. That's pretty fun. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Fun. Yeah. That's and a lot of a lot of trips to Fayetteville for the next. Um, yeah. Most importantly, weeks. hunting season, you know? Yeah. We just talked. <laughs> if you're a hunter, Since it's you guys big, are big avid hunters. Is it, hey, do, Michigan's, do they call them hunters or is it like gamesmen? I don't. Yeah. What's the proper just term? Just men. That's what we Oh, <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. Well, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that, was you Michigan at State you okay. that was directed at us. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. I own zero camo. <laughs> Me too. Did you Me see? Too. Did you <laughs> see Michigan State lost though? I did. Number four to James. That's oh that's a, okay. And here's the random fact: um, Tom Izzo, coach of Michigan State, mm-hmm. his nephew. It's the coach of James Madison, and, you know, they scheduled these cupcake schools at the uh, beginning. Not so much. Yeah, that was good. All right, last week in the market, strong week overall. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, we were coming out of a stretch three months in a row. The markets had been down. Um, and then last week, you know, the Fed came out and said, hey, we're not hiking. Maybe done hiking. You know, Jerome Powell made the comment of, there's just as much – he didn't say this isn't a direct quote, but basically saying there's just as much risk of us going too far as not going far enough. That's kind of the first time he had alluded to something along those lines, which I think the market really liked. And so the following three days were really good days in the market. You know, I <clears throat> I think that the markets had already begun to trend up, you know, last, the week before. Um, I had somebody ask me yesterday what – I thought the reason was that they, they kind of were looking at it from an earnings perspective. You know, I think the 10-year going from five to four or five in the span of five days, you know, that's a 10% drop. I think that yeah. fueled a lot of the buying. I mean, earnings have been good. I think earnings have been better than expected. Um, but I think that, I mean, you you almost had – a little bit of the bad news was good news last week. Right. You had strong earnings and you had the 10 year falling to four or five. Right. That was the fuel that the markets needed. Um, and it lifted all boats. I mean, everything, yeah. small cap, <clears throat> mid cap, large value growth, everything went up. You know, I was looking back at the Fed and I went back to 2008 when <clears throat> we had the <laughs> financial crisis, right? And I, I remember that. Think about this real, real quick. U.S. commercial banks carry an estimated $650 billion loss in their held-to-maturity assets, okay? But they don't have to mark them to market. You remember that mm-hmm. when we did that in 2009 when yep. we switched the rules there? Fed Chairman uh, Ben Bernanke and Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson and FDIC Chair Claire Sheila Baer were, if they were still in charge, they would have had insisted on mark-to-market and we would need a TARP 2.0 to bail out our banking system. My point is the Fed has changed the rules since 2008. 
makes this a little bit different of a, of a market. And that I went back and looked at Fed history throughout going back to the 70s. To me, the Fed is a, is a gunslinger. I mean, they're just doing whatever they want, and they can go on the TV and they can talk all these things. Yeah, I'm considered the office pessimist when it comes to this stuff, and I laugh about it because I usually am <clears throat> optimistic. But I do look back at history, and I'm concerned that we're not out of the woods yet, although I'm very encouraged. So I even, even the pessimist is somewhat encouraged. Things are maybe we're going to have that soft landing. Maybe we're going to avoid everything. But again, just going back to 2008, same situation we're in now, banks would be in a crisis mm-hmm. just by the way they mark to market, way they, the way they account for the debt and how they changed that in 2009. So I just, I don't think we're smooth sailing from here on out. I think there's going to be some things that need to be fixed. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff still, clouds still there. But overall, I think a lot of that feeling is still in the market. I mean, you hear people talking about how, um, just because something positive, it doesn't mean we're out of the woods and the, what happened over the last 10 years is about to happen again. Right. Like growth could be harder, harder to come by for the next decade. Right. And that doesn't mean something catastrophically has to just blow up. You know what I mean? No, Not I totally it agree. Yeah. But like things could be hard and growth could be tough to come by for an extended period of time. Like, like to your point, it doesn't mean we're out of the woods. Like we could be in the thick of it however you want to define that for right. years. Right. Right. Um, but it also doesn't mean that the S&P has to get cut in half. Right. I mean, <clears throat> totally, so it's yeah, like, totally there's, agree. it's, yeah. that's, I think that's the hard part for a lot of people because they think, you know, we get asked the question all the time. It's like, well, what are y'all's thoughts? And it's like, they want you to say, well, the stock market's either going to get cut in half right. or it's going to go up by 20%. Yeah. And it's like there's a lot of variables right. and outcomes that could be in the middle, and that's probably the most likely scenario. And I you totally know, agree. met with somebody yesterday afternoon, and he was asking me his my thoughts, and he was expressing he was nervous, concerned. You know, and one of the things I said is, you know, you need to sometimes separate the economy from the markets. Right. Um, they don't mm-hmm. often – travel together. Um, you know, you look at 2020, the economy was shut down and the stock market soared. Right. And then you look <clears throat> at 21 and 22 when the economy was exploding and the markets begin to fall. So they don't all always travel parallel. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think like most people that, that over the next six months, the economy is going to continue to slow. Um, but that doesn't mean the markets will follow suit. It might help a little bit because, you know, we've had, we've talked about this many times, but the seven stocks, mm-hmm. right, that have driven the market. Right. Well, now you're going to see, I think you're going to see an expansion. We've talked about this as well. It's going to, it's going to broaden out. And there are still a lot of bargain shopping that can be done on the sure. stock market. Oh, yeah. With yeah. the value stocks for sure. Yeah. And I think that could help lift the market. You know, where the seven stocks lifted the market so far, well, it could broaden out. You know, and, you know, I heard it again earlier this week on, on one of the, business channels, you know, you're still going to see a flight to quality. I mean, you know, if we go into a slowdown recession or not, semantics, you you want mega cap, strong cash flow, great balance sheets. Um, I mean, those are the kind of companies you want to own. Which is interesting. The seven, the Magnificent Seven, some of those companies carry all those things you're talking about. Microsoft got very close to an all-time high yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, we're talking about one of the seven. Yeah. 
I think it barely, I mean, like within a couple of uh, cents from an all-time high. So, and that's a high-quality stock. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have no no issue with a company like Microsoft. So, anyway, well, yeah. and you have Apple that's still carrying 140 billion or so right. in cash. Right. So it's, yeah. Something would have to break for the market to sell off quickly, in my opinion. I think rates being higher and staying high longer, it will have a drag in terms of potential and growth, as it should. I mean, assets don't typically go up in in value as much and as quickly in a higher rate environment. Mm -hmm. And so, but a lot of these companies have long-term fixed debt locked in for years, These, especially these big companies. And so- five, six, seven, eight percent debt that they would have to go get today, it doesn't matter because they're so flush because they did all the right things a couple years ago and locked it. I mean, you look at what like the average rate on like Microsoft's debt is and so and I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's like two and a half, three percent. I mean it's like crazy yeah, when you think right. of a corporation being able no to doubt. borrow at that rate. And so they're gonna be companies I say all that to say they're gonna be companies as that are impacted in the short term, some companies that aren't as impacted that can continue to grow and invest. Yep. And so it's not all this, everything has to happen at one time no unless doubt. something just actually breaks. No doubt. Right? Strong so, companies will stay strong. <laughs> companies that are highly leveraged are gonna have a harder time. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're revolving debt. Right. The only the only other thing I'll add is that and Lee and I talked about this this week. You called me in your office and said, What do you think the market's gonna do? And we had a a good conversation about it. The only thing that I fear is with interest rates rising so fast, inflation is still there, mm-hmm. right? It has sure. not been solved. Food inflation is, is getting worse. The middle class and under, they're having a hard time getting home loans, number one, having the ability to make a payment once they get a home loan because interest rates are, you know, has gone, have gone up so fast and they're high now in comparison to the last however many years. So I think you're going to see a drag on spending as more money goes to things that, you know, in, in the inflation on the food side, housing, rents, so mm-hmm. on. And it could drag overall the economy at some point. And to Lee's point, slowing down economy next year, but may not, maybe not catastrophic. And I think the market, you know, I just pulled up a chart of all the major indexes, including the ag from January 1 of 22. And the market, if you think of what has happened, the interest rate environment, who should have been impacted, who probably was, but has been impacted the most, like the market reflects that, right? Mm-hmm. The Russell's down, still down 22.6% from the beginning of January to 22. And you talk about interest rate sensitivity and who's impacted the most, exactly. you know? Small mid cap. Small mid cap. And they're down the most. And you've got, you know, the Dow and the S&P and the NASDAQ that are all still negative, but not down nearly right. as much. Right. And so... Um, anyways, I think going back to my point, then we'll go on the next conversation. <laughs> the two outcomes is what everybody wants. It's right. human nature. Yeah. It often <clears throat> reality lies somewhere in the middle. You're right. And I think that's what, if I were just guessing, I think that's what we'll see over the coming few years is, um, somewhere in the middle, right. Is, right. you know, <clears throat> we may not have 20, 30% up years, but it doesn't just because that's true doesn't mean we have to get cut in half. Correct. Right? I agree. And so um, jobs report, 150,000 jobs added in October. Unemployment ticked up from 3.8 to 3.9. Manufacturing jobs fell by 35,000. So this is kind of one of those things that could change things. We were just talking yep. about, hey, yep. if unemployment all of a sudden spiked. If right, it spiked, yeah. And a lot of people started mm-hmm. losing jobs, then that can be um, kind of like the catalyst. The catalyst, to, yeah. Um, you know, could lead to a, a sell-off in the markets. Thoughts? You know, the Fed typically wants <clears throat> the unemployment rate to, to eke up. I don't think we're going to see their desired 5 6% uh, 
but you know we could see mid fours, um, and I think that the the economy would still be okay. Um, you know, this is again this is one of those bad news is good news type reports is you know unemployment rising, the rate rising. The Fed wants to see that that indicates that companies are not hiring or they're laying off, which means that in turn the economy is slowing. So, you know, I don't like it when bad news is good news, but in this case, it, it's what it is. You know, on, on that <clears throat> note, and we see all these numbers and we saw it talk of this podcast and people that watch the podcast or watch any news channel, and they get all the different types of information. The good news, I'm gonna plug Mach 1 for a second. When you come in and you talk to an advisor and we go through um, one of our things, take the least amount of risk possible to achieve your goals. And we run the analyzation for sure. most people. Most people, when we do that, it turns out they need far less return on their money than they think they do. Right. Yeah. And so you don't have to go into this mess. Like a lot of times you can build a portfolio where regardless what happens at all this noise, your portfolio is, is structured correctly and can handle any of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people don't follow that. And they put all their money in the market. Market goes down, they lose. Market goes up, they win. And then everything in between, you don't have – this noise is noise, and it gets right. frustrating for our clients and all that stuff. Yeah. But have a proper plan, and you're yeah. fine. And, and that's a great point, John. So, like, not everybody should be going after stock market returns. Right. Right? You say 8 to 10%. I'm just throwing numbers out there. It's like a long-term average term that if you're taking full market risk, you should be able to achieve those type of returns. But not everyone needs to do that. And, you know, it's prioritizing your goals and objectives if, you know – it. If if you need eight to ten percent to make everything happen that you want to happen, but you have the chance of losing thirty percent, right? That might go. That might make you circle back to your priority list and say, "Well, I want that, but I don't know if I'm willing to sure. risk thirty percent to get exactly. it." Sure. Right. And so you need to think through those things because, as you said, like there's a lot of people that can get less than SPY, S&P 500 returns right. and be just fine. And so you don't need to take that level of risk. There's right. just, it's not worth it. Totally right? agree. It's not needed. Eli had a stat, 93% of, of people that have financial advisors are, are going to make it. They feel good, they're sound, and their mm-hmm. plan is going to work. 93% and the unfortunate part, only like 23% of people have a financial advisor. Right. So, I mean, that's the point of, of you know, we talk about all this stuff, but reality, just talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you through all this stuff. The Well, you know, the last decade, my clip <clears throat> came undone behind my shirt. So trying to fix it. <laughs> I was like, do you need a scratch? The last, the, last dec- <clears throat> the last decade, you know, it was equity exposure increased because the fixed income markets were essentially broken. I mean, just in terms of like modern portfolio right. theory, 60-40 portfolio. And so equity exposure naturally, like people felt like, and there was a lot of validity to it, needed to increase your equity exposure because mm-hmm. that was the only place you could get returns. And so that's one of the positives to a higher interest rate environment is you don't have to have, you know, the 80-20 is no longer necessarily the 60-40. Right. Right? Like maybe the 60-40 is more of a true 60-40. Right. Sure. And so you can take less equity risk and get the achieved return, you know, the, achieve the returns that you need, um, which is a win. I mean, that's a good exactly. That's a good thing. I think people talk about higher rates as purely a negative a lot of times. And it's not. Like there right. are positives to that. Yeah. Um, so, all right. This was a really interesting um, chart. So we're actually going to go through here. We we're talking this about this beforehand, but top investors concerned. So this is a investor survey from Investopedia. This was done here. It's pretty recent, just the end of October. Um, 
So this is about a week old. But geopolitical conflict tops readers' list of fears in November of 2023. So you'll see this on the screen. War in the Middle East was the top um, fear for people when they're looking when they're asked the question: Are you concerned about any of the following impacting the performance of your investments over the next 12 months? War in the Middle East was number one, which is really I've got a couple thoughts on that. It's both kind of concerning and scary, but also like interesting to see that it's not inflation or recession as number right. one because that's what it right. was for so long. So it goes war in Middle East, persistently high interest rates, inflation, recession, 24 elections, relations with China, war in Ukraine. You see that as, as the it list go goes down. on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so any initial thoughts on this, Lee? And then I want to get you, I want to get y'all's rankings on like top five. You know, to me, it's... <clears throat> We're such a headline-driven society, um, and you know it'd be interesting to see if there was another headline over the last month, if that would be the thing that everybody's worried about. Um, so a, a, again, to me, it's a little short-term um, because that is, you know, it was a it was a month ago today, as a matter of fact, right. that the um, that Hamas mm-hmm. invaded Israel. So. Um, And I think just real quick, I think it's interesting, you know, it would be interesting to know the detail inside, like who's answering these questions, because I I bet someone who's overweight oil and defense war in the Middle East is not their number one concern. Right. 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 I mean, so, you know, if you own SPY, maybe that's you were answering that way. But if you're someone who's invested in a way that war is not necessarily a bad thing from a pure investment perspective. uh, So it just. I don't know. It'd be interesting you know, to know I, I don't. This. I don't agree with the top one. Um, I would probably say mine is probably persistently high interest rates. Um, I think. I think China it just continues to be. You know, it, they're out there, and yep. you never know what they're going to do. Um, so much of our trade. I mean, there's such a huge part of the world economy um i mean from a purely investment standpoint you know i'd probably go interest rates inflation china i think i'd go uh <clears throat> some of the fed stuff down near the bottom and bank failures i worry a little bit about our commercial stuff and but that's probably not my top um i'd say inflation um, I've been talking about a recession forever, and so I'm not going to put that up there. The only thing about the war in the Middle East, I will say, <clears throat> I saw something. Hamas, when they invaded Israel, the amount of people they killed that day was equivalent if somebody invaded America and killed 50,000 U.S. citizens. Okay, so think about our 9-11. Mm-hmm. It, there is equivalent of 50,000. Our 9-11 was, was one-fifteenth of that. So this is a big thing, bigger than I think that we maybe give it credit for, and I think Israel Netanyahu is very— very uh, offensive right now. But I worry about in America, in Europe, in any area of the world that's pro-Israel, I worry about sleeper things happening that Mm -hmm. could interrupt the economy. If you have, God forbid, something happen in the United States, a terrorist attack tied to this Mm -hmm. because we've unleashed a war now and it's worldwide, that would, that would, scare me to death yeah um you know, barring that and i hope to god that does not happen so that would that would put that number one for me if you know because my fears of that but inflation recession and what the fed does is up there for me yeah i would say i would probably <clears throat> say un, 
taking away like the black swan type of risk, right, right, yeah. which is always out there. So I'm not trying to discount that risk, but um, I would probably say recession just because I think recession for us to have a recession, it means we probably saw a an uncomfortable spike in in unemployment where people truly got laid off. And then I think the inflation story that has been out there and it's been painful and it's been impactful really becomes a, a serious, serious problem when people don't even have jobs. Um, yeah. And so I think those two things kind of come come to a head. That's still where, and I, I'm not saying I think a recession is going to happen. I just think that's the one thing that from a market's perspective would have the biggest impact if it if it did come to fruition. You know, <clears throat> the reason I kind of mentioned the persistently high interest rates is, you know, we've gone through many cycles where rates go up. We have not had a period of time in a long time where rates stayed elevated mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. And, and, you know, and we're not talking two years. We're talking right, probably right. <clears throat> nine months. Right. But again, it has been a long time <clears throat> since we've had a, you know, two or three quarters of very high interest rates. And, you know, that takes a toll at some point, you know, rising interest rates. It happens every few years. Right. You know, the Fed's going to do that. Right. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Um and I, I agree with you. I just think that impact is slower to be felt. Yeah. Fair. Then. And I think but because. I, agree, I mean, I absolutely agree. I think that. we're a year into that. And I think that you are going to see some some of that start to be felt. I, I look at like Northwest Arkansas where we live. It's a bubble. It's a fantastic economic place, right? And there are other pl- spots in the country that are very similar to this. And then there's a lot that, that aren't. And I think you're going to start seeing, mm-hmm. if I start seeing that some of the more distressed areas become highly distressed mm-hmm. and some of the calm areas become distressed and it's not hit us yet, uh, you know, but it's starting to happen. And that's based on unemployment going up. That's based on recession fears from unemployment going up. And I, you know, I do worry about that and our spending, our inflation and the middle class not being able to do, you know, what they were able to do for the last 15 years. So I'll throw this out there. I mean, this is, we could go down this rabbit hole for a while. Yeah. But here's one thing I think is interesting. You don't know who they interviewed, but the 2024 elections were fifth. Fifth. And so it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Are you worried that somebody new goes in to office? Are you worried that the people that are in office remain in office? I mean, it's really interesting that the take there, um, but I'll tell you, you know, the the calendar's about to turn, and we're about to get those questions probably more so than interest rates and inflation. It's going to be what happens in November. It's we're exactly I mean, one year away. It's yeah. the, the presidential yeah. election yeah. at this point is, like, eerily quiet, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like, there is not – there's typically at this point like you're you're there's energy or excitement around like who's going to be the nominee or you know and it's like now i feel like it's just it's I just think headlines the, on like is trump going to jail or is biden going to be able to make it to the next I election know. and it's I like know. no one's talking about anything else and so if you're another not yeah. person trying to get like you can't you can't pay to get a headline written about no and I, and i think that I, I think part of it is i think the nominees are kind of a foregone conclusion even though maybe it's right, not right but i think so to your point we're not even worried about the gener- the the election in november the primaries everything's looking to ahead to to november of 24 but 
you know, I don't know. I mean, markets like gridlock. Yeah. You know, and so they we'll, do. Yeah. <clears throat> What's we'll funny? See. What do you think the world thinks about America right now? Think about our two our two candidates right now as we sit, Trump and Biden, and the flaws that each of them have, and the fact that we're oh, now everybody has flaws, of course, but they seem Speak to be standing yourself. out, right? And so now you're you're a foreign nation, and you're I mean, this is like we look to be very weak, in my opinion. Yeah. At this point, and I mean, I. <laughs> It's an interesting year. I think the closer we get the election, the more this will start to sure. creep toward oh, the top. Sure, absolutely. I mean, we get six months away. This this will probably they'll probably be number one. Yeah, and it'll probably have more fever pitch at that point. Yeah, no, I I think so. I've I always tell people, you know, policy matters. Sure, yes, There's no doubt, policy matters. But it's kind of like the inflation, or it's kind of like the rate story. It's like policy doesn't impact things tomorrow. Right, right. It's a longer drawn out. Like it impacts things over time as policies yeah. rolled out. Um, so I try to not get caught too much in the election cycle from an investment perspective, because I think that's that's a trade that you're just going to lose most Pretty of much. the time. Yeah. Um, well, we, we've got to say it'll be fun to watch. Well, and we've got <laughs> yeah. another, you know, potential government shutdown in less than three weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, who knows? I mean, now this one <sighs> would not be the big one i mean this would be more of a soft close if right. you will i mean i think that they should make the rule that congress should be the first to not get their checks probably if they have a government shutdown of course they'll never do that because they're the ones that control that i just it makes me so angry i mean you know we could get into a sideshow about washington dc and how i am angry about them and how they're not doing there's their so job much right. that needs so to change frustrating I mean, yeah there's did so you, on a completely side note <laughs> did, did you see the article that came out maybe last week how who's our speaker of the house mike johnson yeah is that his mm -hmm. name how people are kind of taking to him they like him yeah because the report came out yeah. that he lives week paycheck to week to paycheck he lives paycheck to paycheck yeah. he's not one of these yeah he's not wealthy he's not wealthy he doesn't been, have he this doesn't war have a ukraine chest. account or a <laughs> he doesn't you know fly back and forth through louisiana on yeah. private jets yeah he lives paycheck to pay to paycheck and a lot of people in america can relate to, to him, you know. And anyway, a, I thought and it was the funny thing: the the politicians that are dogging him for that. It tells me how out of touch they are. Yeah, how out of touch our politicians are. This was supposed to be a serving system, right? You go to Washington D.C. or at Philadelphia, you know, back in the old days, and you serve, and then you go back, and you're a doctor, or you're a, a you yeah. know, you work in the garbage department, or whatever you do. And you go and you serve for yeah. the six week period. Yeah, it was not to be a full time instantly millionaire card you know society which yeah. it has turned into and a lifelong career i mean a lifelong career there, it's ridiculous there's, just, there's so many old people. i mean we're, I we're mean, it's so like, corrupt you know it's and just there's corrupt. people like there it's the whole age thing is tricky i get that and saying like you can't serve <laughs> but like maybe a tenure like okay you can't serve 57 years in cog yeah i mean like yeah. Like, there's got to be a, your if, time has come and gone. Totally if you, agree. If you don't know what city you're in, <laughs> yeah, it maybe might it's be time to, to hang it up. Anyway, um, well, term limits. We're, get, we're getting John on a roll. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But like, when you have when you have when you have people in Congress, and I don't say this lightly, you know, because death is not something, you know, sure. that you joke about. Sure. But like, when you have people in Congress that are, you know, having having health 
issues like live on TV or passing away yeah. because of age, not because of no doubt, you know, some, something tragic. Some right. right. Yeah. Both parties, by the and way. And then we've yeah. got not senators one. that are just being th- tossed up there to D.C. by governors and things. You know, yeah. it's like that is not how our system is designed to operate. Right. And it's becoming more and more normal because of the lack of rules that we have with how some of that is managed. And it's someone I think it's discouraging for everybody, yeah. but especially, you know, someone in my 30s, I look up there, I'm like, these people don't get it. Like, they don't know anything about, like, They don't how... represent your age bracket. No, not yeah. at all. Like, if they had term, if somebody came out and said, I don't care what party, if they came out and said they wanted to secure the border, they wanted to uh, have term limits, you know, and they wanted to eliminate the IRS and make it a flat tax, I'm all in. I'm, I don't care oh. which party does that, I'm in. Yeah. I'll vote for you. Lee, you want to run on that? I'm in. Okay. <laughs> Mackie for Senate. I like it. Hey, I'd vote for you. Yeah. Thanks. 2028. I like it. Well, I think to tie things up today, you know, there's a lot of risks out there, but there's always a lot of risks. Yeah. And, the, you know, now is is a unique time in history, I think, and it would be hard to argue that. Um, but I don't think you want to get caught up in the living in fear mindset, right? I mean, no. life goes on um, and, you know, I still, we all still believe in America as being the greatest country in the world yep. as much as we can, yeah. you know, complain. And, and, uh, I think until that changes or until, you know, th- then I think you still have to be optimistic about the future. And uh, I'm, I'm chuckling. Cause I'm like, yeah, we believe in America. We're, we're doing a podcast and we're talking about congressmen and senators and <laughs> we're not worried about someone walking in and arresting <laughs> yeah, us. Exactly. We so. want America to get better. Yeah, Always, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Right. And, and, absolutely. And we have it a lot of things. Yeah. And we're still working. All right. Hey, and if you if you don't, if you haven't had a chance, go out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. Like us. Share it with a friend, a family member. We're trying to get our, our views up. Um, if you like something you've heard, be sure and go do that. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, we want to end with a thought of the day. This one was good. I had to give Hager some credit. <laughs> he... He picks these thoughts of the day, and most of them are not great. But this one's, this one's pretty good. So this one's from Napoleon He's Hill. He's about to cut your mic. <laughs> this one's from Napoleon Hill. It says, a goal is a dream with a deadline. So we just did all of our end-of-year planning, yeah. looking ahead to 2024 and setting goals. So I thought that was uh, well-timed and, and is a great We like thought, to dream big so. here. Yep. And so it was timely. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Good job, Hager. Appreciate you guys listening and watching the podcast. We'll see you next week. that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. 
valuation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.